Okay, so... Um... Man, I don't know what was going on, but... I was with an old friend, and I was riding around, and... Everything seemed like it was a cool environment, but it just still it still didn't seem right. I still had this piece of me that I just didn't trust what I, what I was seeing, what was going on because of what I've gone through. And I've been trying to um, hold on to the Lord. And we went to Chipotle. So we went to Chipotle. While we were at Chipotle, I was going to make me a bowl. I stopped in the lobby and I saw um, the lady from The Wire and a little girl. And then... I was talking to my old friend and I said something to him and I was like, um, you're on my side. And he said, and then I said something, I must have said something. And then he was like, no, they're child molesters. And I was like, um, who's the child molester? Who's a child molester? I don't, I don't know what happened. And I said, then it's like, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, and when I went to the bathroom, the door closed. The door actually closed this time, and when in the beginning, the door wouldn't close. It wouldn't close for anything, and I think that maybe that was an indication of what was going on and what's happening here. You know, maybe they're trying to pull me away from the Lord, and I I have heard conversation about them trying to pull me away from the Lord and pull me into a contract with the angel of death. I won't do it, you know. They're trying to pull me into a contract with the angel of death where the version of my destiny is that my child becomes an NBA player, starting NBA player. But, of course, he will be a child of death. And I think that they have been speaking of, um, they've been speaking about how when children are born with tails, that may be an indication of, you know, children with death or children with Satan, children, you know, with these spirits these un these these spirits of darkness and um my brother was born with a tail and I think that that's what they that's why they were talking about these things but you know my mom talked about this years ago and I was like I know something is up with that my mom spoke about she went to a psychic one time and when she went to the psychic the psychic told her that she would never be able to you know be she would never be able to be in a healthy relationship with a man ever again because her first not her first child, but her firstborn child was, well, not her firstborn child, but her firstborn living child, my oldest brother, is, um, his father had had dealings with the darkness, and because of this, she would be cursed to never be with a, in a healthy relationship with a man ever again in her life. It seems that it has come true, but, you know, I don't ever listen to Satan he is such a liar I don't know what will happen and then throughout this process you know Satan tried to say to me you will not be able to save your brother I didn't know if he was speaking of which brother he was speaking of particularly two of them showed up in that process one of them was a possible the other brother I'm not sure where he stands with this and um it seems that they are all here but uh, maybe they were speaking of the brother that, the, you know, the my mother said the psychic told her about the dad dealing with, dealing with the devil. 
throughout this process, um, so much has happened. We have been fighting and we have been like in these trans states where we are like stuck in cycles and sometimes we are in the same day forever and all kinds of different things like that. And um we go into places and we're there for weeks, but it only feels like you were asleep for a night. And we're always all these different places. So one day we saw this man, he was bald, he was tall, he had a little bit of a weight on him. I'd never seen him before in my life, but the look on his face I recognized. The look on his face is the look that I've been having on my face throughout this entire time of how horrific these experiences are when you are trying to escape Satan and his cycles and his chains and the things that you have to go through, the torture, the things that you see, that was the look on his face. And all I know is I saw my little brother and I saw my sister and she was in a hospital gown and she was still pregnant. But this was months after she had already had her baby. And I spoke about how the Lord delivered her and her child three days before her baby was born. But um, she was in her hospital gown. I'd never seen her in a hospital gown. We weren't even at the hospital when she had the baby. But she did come back and speak about how at first they... You know, told her she had to have all these different things in order to get into a hospital bed when she was, you know, in labor. And then how when they got her on the gurney, they were like, she's been raptured. She's been raptured. She's been raptured. And how she said that she said that somebody was her doctor. And I think she really was saying Jesus was her doctor. But I think she may have said it was her dad. Her dad was her doctor. But I don't know if they have switched that up or whatever. But, um... She told us about the labor and, you know, how when she first felt her baby, she had that feeling of power that we used to feel when we were children, you know, kind of indicating that her baby was born with the same power that we all have in the family. And um, really, it was the feeling of love. It was so much love. It's like, you, ever since I was younger, I get this feeling of love. I love, you know, the people around me so much. And when I love them so much... You know, I can't bite down hard. It's like I can't I can't bite down hard. It seems too harsh, too ruthless, too, you know, cold-hearted to bite down hard. And I don't know what that means. Maybe it has something to do with the Lord showing us spiritually. We are eating each other because we are starving in the spirit and when you can't bite down hard because you put a love for your family members that is you not being able to eat them I don't know but I felt the power and you know maybe that's the Lord cutting through you know Jesus cutting through it, it feels like love and it melts you makes you melt all over you know your hair start to stand up and all kinds of things like that and I don't know if the hair standing up is exactly the same thing. Maybe that's an indication that the spirit of darkness is there trying to, you know, twist and pervert things. I don't know. But um, concerning, you know, this man that we saw who was bald and my sister in the hospital gown, he had this look on his face that I've been having this entire time. And, you know, we we said to him, please help us, please help us, please help us. You know, he had gone through this. We, I think we were saying, how did you get out of this? How did you get out of this? And, you know, you have to help us. You have to help us. And he looked like, you know, I can't go through this again. Like, it was an extreme nightmare. Like, it was horrific. 
when he had to go through it and then he like he barely made it out if he did even make it out he barely even made it out of this with his life and he was looking ahead like he couldn't even speak like he was traumatized and I was standing there and we were hugging him we were crying please please help us and you know um we just kept it kept rewinding we kept like coming back and hugging him and saying please help us and coming back and hugging him and saying please help us and the conversation kept rewinding like you're in the same day over and over and over again and it was like so crazy but it was like I had this vision a while ago and I and then when I woke up they said that was Ash's dad and I didn't know for a fact that that was Ash's dad I could have asked my mother but you know maybe it was maybe it wasn't it was really still no confirmation completely on that you know, so now with this contract with death and the devil, you know, maybe it's like he's offering me to have a child with him in order to get out of this. You know, take the contract with him, have a child with death. Your child will be successful. I won't take it. I won't take it. I, I don't, I don't trust death. I don't trust any of these spirits outside of God. I don't believe that they will they have an obligation to make to hold true or to keep their end of the deal even if that were the case I don't want to deal with them um I'm rejecting it and I'm fighting and it's like they're trying to force me to take it but it's like I don't want it so it's like maybe it's like you know well then we're going to kill you and you know the prophecy has to be fulfilled so I don't believe that they can kill me you know I think that anything that they do will lead to the fulfillment of this prophecy actually so you know um god always tells the truth he never tells a lie i don't even believe that i ever could take the contract even if i wanted to even if i said yes i'll take that contract right now and try to shake his hand you know the lord would block that he would not have it because it wouldn't be me because i don't want that i would never want a contract with anyone outside of the lord i would never want a contract that consisted of any of my family ever being enslaved as I have been enslaved in my lifetime. I would never inflict this on anyone, not even my family. Not even if they were outside of my family or a complete stranger, I wouldn't make a contract with the devil over them because these things come back around and you have to fear the Lord because you will have to answer to him and it will be complete torture and it's just not worth it. But I wake up feeling like maybe there are demonic portals opened up in my home. And I'm not fighting hard enough to close them. Usually I can close them and keep them closed. And I, I, I'm just not fighting hard enough lately in order to do that. But I'm in this Chipotle and I'm trying to make a bowl. And I see my brother, he's eating katsu, which is, I believe, fried pork chops or fried chicken. And, um... I'm like, wow, they have that at Chipotle now? How do I get that? I don't see it on the menu. I'm asking my friend, what does he want on his bowl? He can't, he won't respond. And it feels as if I'm just stuck and like lingering, like waiting for an answer that I'm not getting. And I don't understand it. And so, I don't know what keeps happening, but it's like this feeling like I keep being 
I'm possibly being attacked, but it's like this feeling of like, I don't know, struggling. It's always so weird when a noise just picks up like this because I swear they did this like two days ago. Um, but, um, all I know is I'm trying to make a bowl and I cannot make the bowl for the life of me. I say burrito bowl and I'm telling them to make these things and they're just not listening. They're just not responding. No one is doing anything. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going on or what's happening, but um, I keep, you know, trying to make the bow. And in, in the meantime, I see different things happening. So I look at my brother's face. I didn't appreciate. And it's like they're telling me different stuff is happening. The girl from The Wire, she's standing in front of me and she's like writing things down. Like, what's the combination? That's why I think I heard what's the combination. I'm writing it down and different things like that. And I heard, I think, $250 million or something like that. Something like that. I don't know. But um, then there's this guy... I mean, he gets this guy, but he transformed into another guy, and he's been over to talk to this woman and different things like that, but I don't know what's going on. Then I feel like I'm crowded. A whole bunch of people run up. Then I see a whole bunch of people outside the window at Chipotle, and the door is locked, and there's nobody in there. And then, you know, I feel tall, then I feel back in my regular height. And, you know, I even experienced something where it's like, um, Finally, I felt something break free off of me for a second. And they were like, whoa, you just slammed his head on the glass. I heard a little crying a little bit, but I don't know what. It's really going on, but... Maybe I even heard, no, I'm really trying to get that contract for Casey. I'm really trying to get that contract for Casey. Or something like that. Like, she's trying to take this contract with death for her child. Maybe, I don't know, but, um. I don't believe it. I think that it was just a way or a tactic for them to try and get me to become jealous or jump up about it and say, oh, no, you're not taking my thing, so. 
that I will start to fight them over these things so they can distract me and get something else actually or try and get some sort of advantage because they know I'm never going to take it. I'm never going to want anything from death or from Satan, period. I'm going to choose the Lord. So I think more is about that because, of course, if I wasn't where I was supposed to be with God, would they still be attacking me? Would they still want me at all? Why are they still offering me things? Why are they still following, following me places? Why are they still attacking me as hard as they do? Why is it that I am still here suffering so much, being tortured so much, if, of course, that what they claim is true, that I've already bowed to Satan, that I'm not going to make it in the rapture, that, you know, the Lord has left me, all these other things, all these other lies. And I know that the Lord was actually with me. He was fighting with me, and they kept trying to leave me in this vision as well. It felt kind of real for a second, but I see that I am fighting someone. I'm fighting and, you know, they want me to acknowledge a battle with them, I guess, because they want to somehow be acknowledged as an enemy or a competition or whatever they feel like in this process. And I won't acknowledge that because they are not the enemy of me. They are the enemy of man. And, you know, they're not even the enemy of God because you cannot be the enemy of God. You know, they are just at odds, you know, with themselves. And at the end of the day, you know, that doesn't make you my enemy. And, you cannot force me into a fight or battle with you. At the end of the day, I will fight for the Lord. I will fight for what's right. And if you feel as if that is fighting you, then that is on you. But I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting bad. I'm fighting wickedness. I'm fighting for my people. I'm fighting for the Lord's people. I'm fighting for God. It doesn't mean that I'm fighting you. So, that being said, you know, it's always so many different people. It feels like involved and popping up out of the blue and making this their business. This is what it seems as if I'm making my making things my business when the Lord sends me on missions. I don't take it personal. I don't have any enemies. It's just that, you know, um, of course, I sometimes wonder why, of course, you know, they choose that route, you know, when the Lord can provide so much better for them and, you know, different things, different things conspire, different things start to happen. But the vision was breaking up and it was turning dark and was turning into darkness. And I realized it's all fake. It's not real. But still, I just wanted to get a Chipotle bowl. I just wanted a Chipotle bowl. And it sounds so wicked and it sounds so misguided for me to care about a Chipotle bowl, you know, and a vision when the Lord is fighting for me and death is trying to steal my soul and my son's destiny and these different things. But, you know, somewhere deep inside of my heart, it's like I've convinced myself I have to just, you know, focus on the positive and you know, what I can benefit, not what I can benefit, because you can never benefit from anything of Satan, but I just have to focus on what makes me happy in these little moments, because Satan wants to steal my joy, and he wants me to be down and depressed and suicidal and torn up all the time, and and I have these little visions where different things are, you know, um, set up like little things that I really love you know like going to Chipotle and different like things like that parks or ride car rides with old friends you know I just want to embrace the little things that are good about it even though that may be misguiding misleading as if I am denying the truth and accepting a lie just like the individuals that I'm constantly consistently fighting against I feel like the Lord should understand not should understand I feel like the Lord does understand understand what I'm going through because when you have visions like every night or every other night that are torturous to you you're being tortured you're being raped you're being beat you're being mocked you're being you know slandered you're being you know sold into slavery you're being thrown through different places you're being placed in all these different positions your family's being tortured crying eating each other you know eating poo 
you're you're seeing demons you're seeing spirits they're torturing your family when you have visions like this every night to every other night when you get the visions that are just simple enough for you to have a chipotle bowl or to have a car ride with an old friend you just want to embrace the small pieces and parts of that that make you happy to keep you from going crazy and to keep you from you know you know you just want to embrace those moments when you have them and it might sound crazy of course it oftentimes a little bit it does affect the fight a little bit it feels like or seems like it's trying to affect the fight more but i think that as long as i'm still fighting that's all that matters and i am still fighting i'm going to still fight i love the lord i choose him over everything and maybe it seems that sometimes i'm not when i'm trying to embrace these little things but i'm still choosing god over everything i'm just trying to find a way to do it while still embracing the little moments when i can because if i don't what happens is months go by and I'm having these torturous visions like every night to every other night. And after months, I'm drained. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to die. I'm wishing I was dead every day. I'm suicidal, depressed, wanting to kill myself every day. Satan has stolen my joy. And I don't know how many times in my life I've heard, don't let Satan steal your joy. Don't let Satan steal your joy. At the end of the day, no matter what he does to you, he just wants to steal your joy. So that makes sense to me because if he knows he cannot stop my destiny, then what, of course, is his, his goal to still be here? Because he won't be able to accomplish anything he's set out to do unless, of course, except, of course, steal my joy. So I do what I can to find little sparks of happiness. And it does seem like it's affecting things. But overall, at Upon completion of this entire task, what I'll find is that none of these things truly did matter. It'll only have mattered that he tortured me the entire time. So those little spurts and bursts of happiness is what's getting me through. Of course, no, Jesus is what's getting me through. But those little spurts and bursts of happiness that I can find peace and solitude in these moments are, you know, you know, me not allowing him to steal my joy as much as I possibly can. Of course, I could do it. I, I wonder if I could have done this better. I wonder if someone else is doing it better, but this is how I'm doing it. This is how I have to get through this. This is my particular journey, the journey that the Lord has me on. And it sounds crazy. It sounds messed up, but I'm trying to understand other people's situations. And I, I, you know, try and get other people to understand my situation, but I know that they never possibly could. I just do what I can. After all this time, what it seems that I've realized is that throughout this process, nothing that, you know, was going on would have mattered. Besides the fact that he kept me unhappy this entire time. And he tortured me. And, you know, I suffered each and every single day, every second, every day I suffered. And that would have been the only thing that had mattered over the entire process in five years, ten years time if we are still here. I will look back on this and none of it will have meant anything besides the fact that I was tortured the entire time. Because if he cannot stop my destiny, then his whole, his only hateful, wicked goal is to keep me unhappy and tortured throughout this entire process because of his jealousy and his hatred for my destiny. So that's all I can do. It's not like he truly wants me to be happy. So of course he does everything he can to block that as well. But I just do what I can. I do what I can to, you know, find the happiness in the process. Although I'm still fighting these individuals and so much is going on around me. Like I felt bombarded by so many people and it almost felt like I was going to have an anxiety attack. But I don't know what was happening. I felt like maybe I was a, whole, a bunch of different people. And, you know, for a second something was broken off of me. But, you know, 
I do know I need to fight harder. I can't fight harder. And at the end of the day, you would say, well, then why do you think that you need to fight harder? If, of course, it doesn't matter. It does matter, but it, it ultimately comes down to this. However you did it, whatever you went through, how, however hard you fought, at the end of the day, he just wants to steal your joy and keep you unhappy and keep you tortured throughout the process because he hates that your destiny is your own. He hates that the Lord favors you and is keeping you. He hates that, of course, you are on God's side. So since he can't have you and he cannot stop your destiny in God, he just wants to torture you through the process. So he'll have been able to possibly do that. I wish it was a perfect way where... They, he couldn't torture me at all. And there is, you know, to be obedient to God, to fast and to pray, to never get off your knees. When he says to never get off your knees, never get off your knees. Throughout this entire process, I couldn't have, I could have not slept. I could have not ate. I could have not backslid and back into sin, like drinking and smoking. I could have just stayed on my knees praying all day, every day, and Satan wouldn't be able to get to me. But that is so difficult. That is extremely difficult. And I've tried it for months. And what I ended up with is like, barely cutting through all of the darkness and finding myself in this place where I'm extremely exhausted and I don't even want to get up anymore. So it's like I've reached past burnout and I knew that I was being burned out and I still pushed past it because I said, you know, in order to truly succeed in life, maybe it's pushing past the burnout and not being average. And now here I am and I don't feel like I really want to get up. So maybe I'll still have to do that. It's, you know, the Lord says I do. But I also heard twice she's still going to get it anyway she's still going to get it anyways i know she is and that was different individuals talking about my destiny and different things concerning it and i feel like i deserve to get it anyways though i understand the lord when he says i need to do the work it's going to make me who i've always prayed to be and always dreamed of being in him so i have to do the work it's necessary in order for me to be prepared for all that he has for me i understand all of that it makes sense the, the work makes sense it feels like why would i want to skip the work that's cheating myself and i understand all of that so maybe i will have to do the work and i am willing to do it even if i'm not willing to do it you know because i'm not getting up to do this you know but they were saying she's still going to get it and i feel like that makes sense because if you understood all these different things surrounding me if you understood all these different forces against me if you understood how i feel like i've already done the work 10 times over but i'm just being pushed to do the work again and more and all this other stuff because of the adversity that i face because of the discrimination that i am up against you know it feels like it's so unfair for someone to have kept me from this because I wasn't able to complete after being burnt out from doing the work already. I feel I've already done the work. I've done the work for my sister and then I've done the work in the bathroom for months. But maybe I still I haven't done the work if I haven't done the work. But it's like still, you know, there are forces holding me back. There are forces standing in my way. With my sister, people showed up to help. With me, people are showing up to stop me and hold me back and keep me and hinder me from actually accomplishing this. It's not fair. And I do deserve a happy ending. I deserve, you know, to be blessed. I deserve what the Lord is going to turn me into, what he's going to transform me into. I deserve my destiny despite all these people around me not wanting me to have it. And it is true that it doesn't matter what man wants, what God gives, no man can take. When God, you know, speaks over your life, no one will be able to stop that. That's the truth, and that will happen. So it's going to happen for me, and I know maybe that means I'll have to get up and do it. But 
I'm at this point right now where, you know, I know that the Lord knows, has planned for each and every single last thing that's going on in my life and has happened. Everything happens for a reason. The Lord has planned for all of this. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. It seems as if everything that I do, they already have it planned. They already have it. You know, they already know that this is what's going to happen. Not that I truly believe that 100%. But it seems like when it comes down to it, oh, this is a direct fulfillment of the prophecy. Everything's going exactly how the prophecy said that it would go. So why, does I, why do I always have to feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Well, that just means that Satan is just trying to torture me in the process because he can't keep me from my destiny. And every reminder of my destiny makes him that much more mad so he tortures me and i suffer but it's going to work out i know that it will and everything that's going on right now you know it's not a testament it's a testament of my character but it's also a testament of others i believe that the individuals around me who choose to help will be blessed the individuals who choose to hurt will have to answer to the consequences of that even if the consequences are just seeing me succeed when they didn't want to so I trust God. I trust everything that he's going to do for me. I trust everything that he's doing for me. They are still attacking me full force. I see these things are not dying down. These things are not going away. These individuals are still torturing me every single day, you know, mocking me, laughing in my face. But, you know, I, I trust God and what he says will happen. One day things will be extremely different and they are already extremely different from what they were. So, you know, I will be blessed. Sometimes I wonder why he wanted me to go through such a torturous process. Why did it feel so necessary? But it is necessary in order for you to understand the work that comes along with the person that you become in him so that you never turn back. If it's too easy, maybe you won't appreciate, you know, truly how good and how great it is, how much of a blessing that it is. So.